0: You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Making Money Online is sponsored by Nicola J. Rowley PR. Helping entrepreneurs and brands get visible through strategic storytelling. If you're serious about being seen and impacting the lives of others, harnessing the power of PR is the best way to grow and scale your business. Visit njrpr.com for more details and read Nicola's best selling book, The Power of PR. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. Today we're talking money. I know you love it when we talk money. So I have brought on somebody brilliant to talk money with us. Um, so I have here Melissa Houston and she empowers people with business financial literacy, which is so important and not enough people talk about it. So Melissa, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me here today.
0: No worries. I'm really excited to talk to you about this. It's one of my favorite subjects. And I know we've chatted about this before Tell me first of all, because I I obviously know the story of how you are somebody that understands financial literacy really well, but you yourself ended up in debt at one point, didn't you?
1: I know it's crazy, right? Being a CPA, I have over 20 years of experience, I'm a money expert, and I ended up blowing through $100,000 worth of credit in about a year. And it was just a crazy time in my life in a year, in a year. I was, what did you
0: buy? I, was, <laughs>
1: I, <laughs> I know. Right. Like what can you possibly buy with that? I started off with, um, you know, like just buying shoes and handbags and stuff. And then I'm like, Oh, I need to redecorate my house. And then I conned my, and I use the word conned and I don't use it lightly, but I did con my husband into putting in, a uh, in ground swimming pool in our backyard.
0: So that's a good con,
1: yeah. It, it is a good con. I mean, I love it, but I mean, we were not in the financial position by the time I got the swimming pool installed. Like, that put us right over the edge.
0: And it's easy, and, isn't it? It's easy to get into debt because people are offering you ways to get into debt constantly. So easy.
1: So easy. And then you just spend and spend and spend and so easy not to keep track of it. And what was happening was I kept, you know, dipping into lines of credit and credit cards and stuff. And then it got to the point where I had maxed out everything and I needed to let my husband know that I had done this so that we could fix the financial situation because my husband and I, we share everything financially in our marriage, like our, our, everything's combined. So getting out of that position, I needed to make him aware of it to begin with. So it was not the best day of my life, let me tell you. My husband was extremely disappointed in me and surprised. Not He was surprised in the sense that I had done this because I had been such a saver and a planner. And, you know, we really had our financial plan mapped out since the day we met, so to speak, you know, we got married, we, we stuck to our financial plan and this was about seven years ago now where I completely derailed. And he was, he was shocked that I had allowed it to get this far. Do
0: you think it was emotional spending?
1: It was a total emotional spending and I like Even though I knew I was doing it and I knew it was wrong to be doing it and I knew I shouldn't be hiding it from him, I was really literally unstoppable. And had I not run out of credit, I'm sure I would have continued.
0: Yeah. And and I've seen this. You're not the first person that's been in this situation. I've seen lots of people do this. They're in good jobs. They, They understand things. They're smart, smart women and men. And then they use credit as an emotional crutch because you get a high when you buy something. And it's yes. also, also linked into a whole money mindset, isn't it? This ethos.
1: It totally is. And for me, I realized, and this was after like, you know, reflecting on what I had done, you know, in the aftermath and getting out of debt and the whole bit you know, I was like, I'm not going to let this pass by without figuring out what the hell happened. Yeah, And so I spent a good year trying to figure out what was going on within me. And it, and it took a while, but I realized that I was feeling like an emotional void, like everybody who does, who's doing something emotional to avoid their feelings. And for me, it was, I really wanted to go into business for myself and I wasn't allowing myself to do that. And I just kept stuffing that feeling of being dissatisfied in my career and in my job and, you know, really wanting to get out there and start my own thing and really help people. I ended up diverting this, this issue into like a whole new different level of a problem.
0: Yeah. And people do, and it can be, you know, emotional eating. We see that a lot. It can be spending, it can be gambling. There's a lot of different things that happen here, but you recognized it. And so in this year, when you were working on yourself, was there a part of you that then realized I have to help others with this?
1: Absolutely. And I'm not a big, like, I I don't regret the fact that I had done this, I had derailed and, you know, experienced that emotional spending because I truly believe it helps me relate to my clients so much better. I regret the fact that, you know, it ended up being so much money and I regret the fact that I disappointed my husband and I hid it from him, but I don't regret the experience. I believe that every, everything has a lesson in life and this really offered a valuable lesson to me and made me understand how, Emotional money is, and it allows me to relate to people so much better than I had in the past.
0: Because you've been there. Yeah. And so it's, it's easier to understand it, and I totally get that. So you, were you able to pay off the debt? Well, I mean... The
1: fact that this is such a common question and the fact that we had always been on a stringent financial plan allowed us to uh, refinance our home to pay off that debt. But I certainly paid it off in the sense of still applying more savings to our plan, like accelerated savings. So I mean it was a, it was a big like investment strategy shift to convert that hundred thousand dollars of credit into a lower heloc, which is a home equity line of credit. And this happened during, you know, thankfully during the very low interest rate time. Yeah. And um, I did put myself on a very strict uh, debt repayment plan, so to speak, Yeah, you know, because I wanted to replenish what I was, what I had taken out, but I also had to, you know, curb my spending and get out of those finance, those terrible financial habits that I had had grown accustomed to.
0: How hard was that? Because I think any kind of habit where you get a rush, where you get a high is really difficult to stop.
1: It was really difficult. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I still challenge with it to this day, where if I get bored or um, impatient with something, I tend to, you know, start shopping online. but i I identify those triggers now, and I realize what's triggering the the online shopping need. And I, I've conditioned myself to be able to identify that and stop that a lot earlier than I would have in the past, but it's still very hard. It's something that I'm going to deal with probably, you know, for the rest of my life. I
0: think it probably will be forever because it's like any kind of habit or addiction. You, Mm -hmm. you have to be constantly aware of the patterns that you're making all the time. And you are now aware of it, which is great because it means that you can do something about it, but, What I love about this is that this this happened to you and you had to deal with it, but it's actually meant that you now have this amazing business where you help others with their emotional spending and with all of the different habits around money and money mindset. What kind of things do you have to deal with with your clients?
1: Well, I really love to focus on and work with entrepreneurs and business owners yeah. because I find that there's a, such a gap in the market about business financial literacy. Yeah. We can, you know, typically google topics about personal finances and get a lot of, you know, interesting articles and advice and guidance and stuff. But when it comes to business financial literacy, there's not a lot out there for the entrepreneur and small business owner. So, yeah. I really want to help educate business owners on what they need to do in their business to increase the profit in their business so that they can make more money.
0: Yeah. Because that's what it's about at the end of the day. You know, if you don't have profit and we do see this a lot, don't we? Online see a lot of people talking about, how much they've made in a launch and they they skip how much of that is profit. I'm, exactly, yes. Are, and I know you're you're the queen of showing people how much profit yeah. you're
1: making. And I love that.
0: It's important because it is. otherwise other people go into business thinking, oh, well, I can make, you know, I'll make a million if I make a million. And then we know that if you make a million, you're not making a million. You're, yeah, you're definitely that. not making a million. <laughs> yeah. And so it's important that people know that. So mm-hmm. if, you know, new businesses start out, And they don't necessarily understand financial literacy at the beginning because they're just trying to make revenue first. And that's okay, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Like you're just trying to make some revenue. At what point do you need to stop and start thinking about the budgeting for the business, um, the profit margins for the business and all of that? I would say
1: when you decide to start a business, that is the time when you need to start looking at your financial numbers. And even though you may not be bringing in the revenue to start generating profit right away, it's always good to be aware of what's going on with your business finances so that if you are losing money, you're aware of it and you know how much revenue you need to make to break even with your expenses and you know how much revenue you need to make to start making that profit that you want.
0: Yeah, because that's what it's about, Uh, you know, and not everybody is making profit in their first year of business and there's nothing wrong with that. And it can be very frustrating, especially when you know that you're not making
1: money to actually look at the numbers, because, you know, like we already discussed, money is emotional. Yeah. And for a lot of business owners, when they look at the fact that they're losing money, it's hard to separate the emotion from the fact of it, right? Did you feel and like you're a failure. In some exactly. Way. That's exactly it. And I really try to help people understand that when you look at your numbers, you're getting feedback. It- Tells you what's going well and what isn't going well, what you can change, what you don't necessarily need to change, what you can capitalize on and all sorts of stuff.
0: Yeah. And I think one of the first things I did was budget for the business. I never used to budget at the beginning. I I just would go, oh, we need this and buying this and we need this and we need this. And I'd do the things and then I'd be like, oh I've got no money left (laughs) at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. And then I started to budget and go, how much am I allowed to spend on marketing this year? How much am I allowed to spend on travel this year for the business? And it changed everything because I knew how much was coming in and I knew how much was going to go out. And and if you don't and lots of people don't do this, even years two, three of their business. And Mm -hmm. I always think How do you even know how much money you've got? How can you make decisions about who you're going to hire when you don't know how much money is sitting in the business?
1: And that's the problem. So many don't know and they still make these decisions that can bankrupt them. Yeah. Like speaking of hiring, I've met many business owners who've gone ahead and hired and have really been uncertain if they can afford to hire that person. And then that's not fair to the person that they're bringing on either. Right?
0: No, it isn't because at the end of the day, they're going to have to then fire and, and that is never fair. And no one wants to do that. Exactly. So you've got a book that is being released this week, I believe ask yes, um, May 16th. Yeah. Tell us what it's called and tell us why you decided to write this book. So the book is called
1: Cash Confident, an Entrepreneur's Guide to Creating a Profitable Business. And it's in bookstores everywhere. It's international. And I'm super excited about it. This is a book to help business owners with financial literacy and the reason I wrote it is to try to bridge that gap between the business owner, what the business owner knows versus what your accountant knows, right? Yeah. I don't teach people how to be an accountant. I don't teach you how to be a bookkeeper. I teach you how to be a really financially successful CEO of your business and, when you've got the business financial literacy skills in place, you can make profitable decisions like you were mentioning earlier, right? Yeah. When you're you're informed, you've got everything you need to get your business to the next level, to the higher profits and such. So this book covers the five-step cash confident framework that I created with biz- for business owners to show them what you need to know as a business owner To make those profitable decisions, and you know, quite frankly, get rich from your business.
0: Yeah, I love that. What you've done is not taught people how to be an accountant, because no,
1: nobody wants wants to know that.
0: And I don't (laughs) want to know that. And people often try and teach me all of that, and I I don't need to know that. What I need to know is what numbers do I need to be looking at, and what do I need to change with those numbers? And that's what's made all the difference. Like knowing the metrics, knowing yes, Um, because last year is a really good example of this. I knew we wanted to grow. I knew that I needed to take my profit margins really low in order to be able to do it, but I knew that I could because I knew all of my figures. So I knew we could go down to like 30% profit because the next year it would mean we could go up and we have, and um, it was like a conscious decision. And people often think if your profit goes lower, there must be some big trouble with the business. And it isn't. It's just you're making financial decisions based on what you want the company to do. But you can't make those decisions if you don't know your numbers.
1: There's so many things I love about what you just said. But what I really love is the fact that you're acknowledging that your profit margin had to go down a bit while you were in growth mode. Yeah. Because so many people believe that if you're growing, then it doesn't matter. You can grow and not even worry about your profit margins. But that is the riskiest time Yeah, is when your business is in growth. And Lisa, I love the fact that you look at your numbers and you understand what's going on in your business so you can make smart business decisions. I wish all business owners were like you.
0: Well, I think they could be, I just think they haven't been taught to, like I hadn't been taught to. So I didn't do this in the first year or so of my business. I, if we're honest, winged it a bit. I also kind of thought that the money I made was my money because I didn't separate out me as an employee of my own business and the CEO to the business itself. And so I thought any money that was coming in was mine. And no I love that like you're that. admitting this yeah <laughs> and it's it's
1: to be expected most business owners don't know this right and how would you know because so few people talk about this
0: and also I grew up with no money so mm. no one was going to teach me this kind of stuff so suddenly when I had money I was like well this is great all those things I wanted to buy I can just buy it wasn't until I started becoming financially literate that I was like hold on a minute how is the company going to grow? If every month I take out exactly how much money the company has made, it doesn't make any sense. And so I had to really try and get into this headspace of I am an employee, I will get paid a salary, just like everybody else and dividends or however I'm going to do it. But I can't just take all the money. (laughs) I love that. And it has helped. Yeah, for sure. Employ people and all of the other things that's helped. Exactly. Like you you have built a massive
1: business, which is like amazing. And you understand that, you know, there's going to be days or, you know, maybe years, whatever, however you plan your life where you may want to take out more than what you plan to pay yourself, right? You may have really good years and you may want to take those out as dividends and you can do that with the right financial planning. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, well, the money's sitting there. So so often business owners make, you know, like let's say they have $100,000 in their bank account and they think, okay, whoa, it's time to spend. Let's go party. Yeah. But they're not thinking about their cash management and they're not thinking about the bills that are coming due, even their taxes that are going to have to be paid yeah. on that profit. So there's so many things that you need to plan for before you start dipping into that profit to enjoy for yourself.
0: Yeah, and and this you can plan quite far off, like with this house that I've just bought now, like I wanted this dream house for a long period of time. I knew kind of what I wanted and I kind of knew how much it was going to cost. I knew it would be multi-million, but I knew that I couldn't just, once I had the money to be able to do it, do it. Because it would leave the company in a problematic position. So mm-hmm. we had to properly plan how much money needs to be in the business. You know, I I believe in having six months worth of expenses and salaries for everybody in the business. Um, You're giving me goosebumps. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like a good pupil today. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. We saw with COVID that you need to have money there in case anything happens. Um, And so I was able to plan it, but it doesn't mean that you stop yourself doing things. It just meant that when I was able to buy the house, I could do it in a really nice, not panicked, not overstretching myself way.
1: Exactly. And doesn't that feel more empowering? Yeah. Loads more empowering. Yeah. And see,
0: the problem is with
1: our society, it's this instant gratification. Yeah. But with the right, like you just said, with the right financial planning, getting to where you want to be in a comfortable way where you know that you're not jeopardizing anything in your business, you're not scrimping on anything where your your cash flow is going to suffer, like everything's still going to run smoothly and you still got your dream house. That is like the ultimate position to be in life.
0: It's a much better way and I think unfortunately the fault sometimes lies with our influential social media mm-hmm. where we feel in year one, unless we're showing that we're on, I don't know, a yacht in Dubai or or have a massive house, then we're not successful. And that's ridiculous yeah. because success can look like so many different things.
1: So many different things. And financial success in business usually comes after years of work.
0: Yeah. But yeah, it's been years, six years.
1: Perfect. I love that you're telling people this because you know, going into year one, year two, year three, and you're still not making the kind of money that you want to be making, it takes time.
0: Yeah, patience is the biggest thing that is needed as an entrepreneur. (laughs) (laughs) Patience is a big thing. Oh, and I'm guilty of that. (laughs) Yeah, we all are. Um, I want to ask you one last thing that I think is important. When it comes to a money mindset, emotional spending, what is the first step? that we can take? If we know that we're doing this, we know that, you know, our money mindset isn't quite there. We are using money as a tool to make us feel better rather than buying the things we want or need. How can we take the first step to stop this happening?
1: Such a good question. I mean, the first thing obviously is self-awareness. So if you're at that step, you've pretty much gotten through half the battle. And starting to explore your money mindset, reading books about money mindset, really trying to drill into the problem of what's going on with you. Now, I hesitate to talk about money mindset coaching. I I do talk about it and we touch on it. But when it comes to the deep rooted issues where you realize that you've got some serious issues about managing your money and you know it's at your emotional core, I highly recommend working with financial therapists because they are trained to help you with that.
0: Yeah, and it's a good idea. And then knowing if you have a business at the same time, knowing financial literacy will help you to be able to make mistakes in the future.
1: Yeah, financial literacy builds your financial confidence and you become empowered and you can bring your business to exactly where you want it to be, whether it's you a know, multiple six figure business or a multi-million dollar business. You know, well,
0: the sky's the limit. It is. Thank you, Melissa. I love this conversation. I'm going to put a link in to your book because I know how much people need this I'm going to buy it. There'll be some stuff in there I don't know. There always is. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) um, I always learn more when I read about financial literacy because sometimes I'm a bit like, because I don't really like numbers that much. I'm a bit like, oh, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I'm like that with metrics. And then I'm reminded that if I know... I will make smarter decisions and I need to know. And sometimes as a CEO, we need to do things we don't want to do. And that's one of the things. And it's best for your business. Absolutely. Um, So I will put the link in, but if somebody wants to come and have a chat with you, where is the best place for them to find you?
1: The best place to find me is at shemeansprofit.com. So there we have the blog, we have the podcast and we have ways that people can work with me.
0: Go and listen to the podcast. I'm on it. (laughs) Yes, yes. It was such a good episode, too. Money mindset. Money mindset stuff because it's so important. Brilliant. Thank you for being here. And good luck with everything to do with your book. I'm excited for it coming out. And thank you everybody for listening as usual. If you are having issues with money in any way, please open up and talk to somebody about it. The more that you keep things to yourself, the harder things get. So confide in a friend and tell them what's going on and then you can find a way through it. I will thank see- you so
1: much for having me here, Lisa. No
0: worries. It's been amazing. I will see you all next week for another episode. Have a good week, whatever it is that you do Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.